So welcome to the Australia Show and today we have got the pleasure of having uh, Mr. Matt Williams who's one of our elite coaches at CJ Coaching who I might even call the master of photo shoots after some of his recent performances uh, and we're going to be talking about uh, the ins and outs of getting photo shoot ready as we've got a client photo shoot coming up in six to eight week time and we were just joking about some of the the smaller mistakes people have made sometimes in the past with uh, photo shoots and we're going to give you some concise advice of what to do, what not to do, and what to expect. So thank you very much for jumping on, Matt. No problem at all. Looking forward to it. Um, so firstly, when we talk about like photo shoots, I think one of the big people think it's a bit weird for a start. So people think, oh, why like it's very narcissistic and it's um like a very vain thing to have a photo shoot to get in shape for. But and the reality is that if you want to get in the best shape of your life and everyone wants to really push it to see how far they can get one of the best things you can do is book in something like a photo shoot and have some pressure on yourself because like respectfully no one wants to look like a dick and turn up and take the top off and not be in shape and that like internal pressure on yourself means that when you go into the fridge late at night and you see the dark chocolate sitting there you might not reach in and have an extra couple of squares um is there anything you'd add in with that matt i i completely agree i think it's one of the only sort of real events where you've got that end day that you're sort of counting down towards. And as you say, the, the sort of real factor of having to step in front of a camera and take your top off makes you sort of evaluate every decision that you make. You very rarely sort of skip workouts. Nutrition is generally much more important. The only other comparable in my experience I come with is a bride and a wedding. You can't get in the way of a bride and a wedding. It's about the only other comparison you can make. It's it's such a sort of end date specific and, and people always get phenomenal results and are actually way more addicted to it than they probably perceived beforehand. Yeah. And I think that's where it's, it's truly awesome. And it's what people need to understand from this is it's not about the end result and what you look like. It's the person you come become going through the process to get the end result. So it's the habits you create on a daily basis, the right mindset you really ingrain in yourself and you suddenly understanding like this is what happened to me when I suddenly got in, shape off the years of training was that you suddenly understand the small things matter and those small things add up and that extra bit of food you pick out every day that's maybe an extra 500 calories like that 500 calories you're eating an extra day from picking it crap is why you're not seeing progress and that's something i see ins and outs um in terms of like a photo shoot as a goal i think one of the other big benefits i, I like for people to do is to use it as a way to reward themselves so a great way to do this in particular like in the summer or when travel is more freely allowed is have um say a photo shoot booked maybe a couple of days before you're going to go on holiday so then you've got something like that really hard to work for and then you can go away enjoy yourself and be in the best shape of your life and that's something i see a lot of our clients do and i know matt's seen that as well and i think again it's another way to like get the most bang from your buck in terms of your hard work and also enjoying the hard work um do you see that a lot matt yeah, I think that's a great way to sort of organise it, of sort of thinking of a solid sort of three months or 12 weeks, work really hard, solid training block, and then really sort of earn that holiday, go away. Your body will do with, you know, the rest and recovery as well, as well as, as you say, looking fantastic. You know, there's, there's a great feeling of strutting out the first day on, on the pool or the beach or whatever and, and feeling confident and in great shape. And yeah, I think it's, it's more about, like I say, not being narcissistic. It's about that sort of self-confidence and, and sense of achievement and having pride in, in something that you've, you've really excelled at. I also think it's incredibly um, rewarding for people when they suddenly understand like how they feel when they're confident in their own skin their own body in particular if that's something you've never ever had for the entirety of your life 
when you're suddenly comfortable with who you are and the way you look, then your outlook on life will shift, which then is truly life-changing. Um, and I think that's something that we've both seen in terms of clients' experiences that um, this is way more than just losing fat and building muscle. It's about you becoming aware of who you are and becoming happy with who you are, which is ultimately a much bigger end goal than just getting shredding, getting abs, which is a byproduct and is awesome as well. Um, but that, that, that's really, really insane. What would you say um, is the biggest mistake you've seen people made? Let's go on a different challenge in this when it comes to photo shoots. I think personally, I think people actually sometimes go almost a bit too hard and too extreme too soon. Like if you've got a 12 week process, actually the, the people that, that do really well and excel are the ones that realize that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And they pace themselves across that entire sort of training block. And rather than just dropping every single calorie and, and going at like 500 calories for the first week and then bailing out, that it's a slow, sustained process, and, and it's about that consistency over time rather than trying to hammer it the first week. Like, there's no rewards for having an amazing first week. It's about how you look in 12 weeks later or whatever when you step in front of the camera. And, and it's actually about that consistency day after day. Um, and none of those tasks are particularly difficult. You know, if you ask people to do them all individually, they'd be able to do them. It's just about stringing those things together over a prolonged period of time. And this is something I really hammer home to our clients a lot is like, this isn't about perfection. It's about consistency. That's all that matters. And I think that's where the general public gets um, confused. They have too much of this, this an all or nothing approach. And the reality is like, if you were 80% on and you were consistent, you get insane results. Yeah. And don't take this to heart clients who are listening. Like we actually pretty much factor this into your programming that we give, like don't take the piss with this anyone who's listening who's a client but we we actually allow a margin of error to allow for you to slip up and make results so don't take that as going eat like an idiot but um that is very much something that's part and parcel and we will make mistakes and we're all human but it's very important to understand that we have to look at the macro rather than the micro so take a look at a bird's eye view as matt said and look at the 12 week um phase rather than a daily phase or like the biggest mistake I see people make, I think being uh, generalizing here, I think women are the worst for this is they want to go gung ho from day one and eat like a squirrel and then train four times a day. And then they wonder after like five days why they feel like they've been hit by a bus and they're dead. Um, and the reality is you're not going to be able to sustain that. Yeah, I admire the enthusiasm. It's just you need you need to sort of drip feed that enthusiasm rather than having it all on the first day. You need to to keep some in reserve and go. Actually, I might need some enthusiasm in week eight, so let's not get it all out of the way here. Like I, that's a good thing to have to be really keen and, and proactive, but save some. Like it, it's it's hard enough. You don't need to sort of get it all out of the way right at the beginning. And I actually I quite like reminding clients that like trust me, don't ask for more cardio now because in six to eight weeks time or to reduce your calories because you probably won't be saying the same thing so like yeah. it's all well and good when you're at the start being like oh yeah i'll, I'll eat a thousand calories a day and i'll do an hour's cardio every single day and train it's like slow and steady wins a race it's um there's a lot to be said about that um i think we said to people you know you're looking realistically maybe half a kilo to a kilo a week as, as a steady nice loss and it's not going to be as sort of linear as that People will be like, oh, is that it? Is that as well? But you factor that off across 12 weeks or whatever, and you're suddenly looking at six to 12 kilos lost. If you offer people that at the beginning, they'll snap their hand off for it. So it's about being sort of measured across that process. And I think when you set expectations like that, which is what we do, 
it then makes it much more manageable for the individual to be like, oh, I understand now, rather mm. than if they're expecting to lose two to three kilos a week and you're like, we're doing this for 12 weeks, so how, how's that going to work? What's going to happen in week five? Like, you're going <laughs> to weigh nothing? Like, it doesn't yeah. work. Um, to, to come into some practical advice, uh, Matt, in terms of uh, the initial phases of fat loss, how is it you like to work with your clients in terms of setting them up uh, in this sort of period? So I think it's, it's always a little bit of a balancing act. So obviously we want to, you know, introduce some cardio, and whether that's just increasing sort of daily activity steps, we, we give maybe a step target there, start relatively conservatively with, with some cardio, maybe even sort of 30 minutes to begin with. And then you want to slowly sort of reduce those, those calories and increase maybe some cardio across, depending how the body reacts and not trying to tweak too much at the same time. So maybe focus one week, introduce a little bit more cardio the next week we might we might take a little bit away from from the calories and then obviously closer to the day you, you might need to adjust that a little bit more but yeah i think starting quite conservatively with those two i quite like towards the end adding a little bit of hit training i find that that's a really time effective way actually the body responds really well to it when you're in a deficit um yeah even sort of 15 to 20 minutes of, of hit training post-workout or on a rest day i think it's a really effective way of, of really sort of turning that up as, as you get closer to the shoot. I think that's a, that's a great approach to have. And I think actually hit training further out tends to work better than when you start to get closer in and you're more fatigued, your ability to necessarily do hit cardio and push yourself is going to be somewhat diminished when you're, when you've already lost a lot of body fat and you're maybe feeling a bit of like an accumulation of fatigue. That's where we'll probably look to something like that. We might end up pulling that out and swapping things around. And that's really the importance of like the coaching process and the client being very clear in terms of how they feel on check-ins. Because if you say to us, we're, we're, you're struggling, um, then you doing hit cardio on a rest day is probably not the best thing. You're probably better off to go and cruising on a cross trainer at 120 beats per minute on your heart rate or going for a long walk or something like that. I, I remember um, I would, last time I did a uh, competition, I was actually prepped by Jordan Peters and this was like three years ago. And I remember being so fucked that i was i could literally i couldn't walk on a treadmill and i was like i told him like i was like i'm like screwed like, i'm like really struggling he's like man up don't be pussy like this is supposed to be difficult and i was like i was like trust me like i can literally i can barely walk on the treadmill anymore i'm like screwed um and this is one of those things where it comes down into like coaches understanding clients and having that relationship and knowing if someone's uh pushing out in that instance i wasn't pushing out i was uh rather depleted um but again, if you are in that situation where like in your head, you have the inner bitch voice who's going to be like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. If it's that, then tell them to like do one. If you are actually generally struggling, then you need to communicate that to your coach in an appropriate manner. Um, do you think that's something people would find difficult to articulate sometimes, Matt? I think so. I think sometimes it's difficulty between understanding what it is. I mean, we're all having you have a bad night's sleep, you wake up, you're like, don't really that's 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 just you've had a bad night's sleep you can, you can get on with that then there's a all right i've been depleted for eight or nine weeks like i'm i'm feeling really low here and actually just dangling just a little bit of a sort of incentive of being like all right well let's calm it down a bit you know maybe have a little bit of a reward food wise and 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 sort of saying let's let's reset from here because otherwise the, the likelihood is and you've got a coach i've got a coach we all lie to our coaches i'm sure all of our clients lie to us we expect it at some point they're more like clients are more likely to go if they're completely fatigued just go way off plan and and actually we want to keep them as close to that plan as we can and not and not deviating too much off and i think the more sort of fatigued and close to sort of 
giving up people are, the more likely they are to just go, you know, I'm going to have a massive blowout and get a Domino's or whatever. And actually, where, where we could just offer them, you know, a slightly healthier cheap meals, get them back on set and realigned, and, and maybe actually even a day of rest or just a walk, you know, rather than, than full on cardio, etc. Hundred percent. And this just reminds me. So I'm, I'm going to ask you the same question. I'm going to. The first thing that comes to mind for me is like, I, I cheat on a diet. I don't tend to. I'll, I'll try and overeat on healthy things if that makes sense to try and fight through the struggle when I'm, when I'm in a bad spot. And I think I remember the worst thing I did was eating too many sugar-free jellies. You know, you get the Robinson. The yeah, yeah. So for anyone who wants to know, there's a, there's a laxative side effect to those because they have uh, locust gum is like one of the ingredients which like destroys your stomach. So I think I had like nailed like four or five of those. And yeah, it's, it's not a pleasant place to be. Uh, what, what's the biggest mistake you've made in terms of anything like that? If you've ever gone off the rails or anything like that, or I, I know. Back, I mean, we're talking a while ago now, where I was sort of very sort of early on in the scene. I remember doing something similar, but sort of protein bars, thinking, "Oh, these yeah. are great for me. Like, it's fine. I can just get my protein." In. But again, they can have quite a sort of laxative effect as well. So you're sort of nailing three or four protein bars. So it's only sort of eight hundred calories, but. Yeah, one just chewing endlessly back in the day when they weren't that great, and, and yeah, they're not, they're not they're not good in large volumes. Yeah, that actually reminds me of the, the I compete when I competed at the Body Power show. I remember coming off stage, and this was like the one where I like nearly died on the treadmill when I was like mega depleted. I, I came off, and obviously at Body Power they have all those booths where they're giving away samples. Yeah. I literally just went to town on like the protein bar ones. It was bad. It was it was awesome, but it was bad at the same time. Yeah. Um, but you live and you learn from these things and these are all experiences myself and Matt have been through personally and we've seen clients make these mistakes and we're just here to try and really advise and give guidance and how to work around those. But I'd say for anyone who's doing a photo shoot or competition prep or anything like that, I would say like embrace the, pro the process of it because the best thing I would say you can take from it is when you, this is a really weird way to think about it, but when you learn to function like say if you're doing a competition prep, you're going to be like nailed by the end of it. When you learn to function where like you're dying and you feel like proper fatigues. I remember the point I was working full time in the state agents. So I would train in the morning doing cardio, like five to six. I then do some client work and then go to my actual full time job, like eight to six, then work in the evening, get home at like nine o'clock and then do it all over again. And then I remember being so tired during the day, like I'd have to try and walk down the high street and I'd be like, this is a struggle. Like this is a ball ache. And that that's, it's like a mineral test when you have things like that. And actually smiling, think about it, so it's quite funny. But when you get used to pushing yourself um, and functioning uh, like super depleted, when you go back to normal life, when you're in like maintenance calories or small surplus, life is easy. It's mm -hmm. a piece of piss. And that's where I think it's very good for people to understand pushing themselves through their top gear every now and then with everything in life to like DEFCON 1 or whatever you want to call it because when, you, when you've when you been there you, and then you pull back to like normal level, it's then easy and it's also psychologically a big win to know like you have that in your locker if you need to go top gear. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Have you um, had any experiences or anything similar like that? Yeah, I, I, I agree. You almost feel like you've suddenly got loads of time on your hands when you suddenly come out of it. It's like, I haven't got to nail like 50 minutes of cardio today. Like That's a whole hour I've won back that I can spend with my family or, or you know, work or whatever. And it's, yeah, you suddenly feel like you have loads of time, loads of energy. Um, I quite often, so my wife's family are all in Australia, so we quite often go at sort of Christmas time, which ends up meaning I do sort of a prep 
um, heading into um, heading into the winter in the UK, and you're like, oh, I've got ten thousand steps to do, but it's pouring rain outside. Like, there's nothing. But there's something actually quite rewarding about the end of it. You're coming inside and having a hot shower and going, Yeah, I've done that now. Like, I went out for an hour in the rain. And I did it. Like, it's fine. Like, like, like I say, that sense of it, like those daily achievements, those daily wins, really sort of set you up for success in other areas as well as you know bettering your physique. So I think I think it, it does help you mentally as well. Have you ever listened to any of the uh, Jocko Willink podcast? I don't know. Yeah, so he's legit. He's basically like an ex-US uh, Army Navy SEAL, and he talks about a lot of things like uh, if something if something like shit happens, like good, like embrace it, get into it. And it's like and he talks about like embracing the suck of like when stuff's shit, just like enjoy it for being shit. Like, and it was interesting yeah. you saying that about um, dieting in the winter because I almost found myself now getting into the same. I don't know how this has happened, but I've ended up in a, dieting every winter for the last two or three. And it's the same thing because I work from home. I don't really do many steps, so it's like. I end up finding myself having to try and walk outside in the rain. I'm like, this sucks, but I'm like, this is, this is like a minerals test. It's like, this is shit, but it just shows that you have to do shit things in life. to like, obviously like in the scheme of things, walking in the rain isn't that bad, but like, it's not the, not strolling down the beach in Dubai or something. It's uh, a, yeah. it gives context to life. Sometimes it makes you think about things, but it's awesome when you go in, go inside then. And it's like a thing you can't have um, the light of the day without the dark of the night, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, like you said, it's, it's sort of a good thing. I've never sort of competed. I've never never done that. But I, I still, even with the photo shoot, I have that idea in my head of like, I'm, I'm doing this, but nobody else is doing this. Like, I'm doing what other people might not be willing to do. I have to push them above and beyond. So even sort of competing with myself, I'm quite a competitive person at heart. So even if I'm not doing sort of fitness competition, even with myself, I'm like, you know, I'm going to go out and do this because other people aren't going out walking in the rain and, and pushing themselves to get better every day like i think that's quite a good motivator as well and sort of remembering why you've started this quite quite strange massively rewarding but quite difficult and unusual challenge it's it's sort of remembering those motivators that are quite good as well 100 percent. it's all life's about learning experiences and finding out who you are and the one thing i'd say from people as well is don't um, get held back from doing things like this because you're worried what other people think, which I think is something very common. I see people are worried about, oh, what's Auntie Sue gonna say? What's my mom gonna say? Like, like quite frankly, fuck Auntie Sue. Like, do what you want to do. Like, if if you want to do it, like, j- just enjoy it and ro- roll with the process. You don't have to tell Auntie Sue. And I remember like when I first competed. Like, I don't know why I'm talking about competing so much, but it's just because that was really extreme. Like. People like I remember people coming to work and being like, is Charlie ill? Like, why has he lost so much weight? Like and you know, and you're like and like people giving me grief and I was like, Jesus Christ, like and it's um and I just like sharing that experience because I know anyone out there's probably listening to a similar sort of thing. And I just want to make you aware that's perfectly normal. And one of the things that we see a lot in particular with couples is maybe not even going to like a photo shoot, but just say, um, guy comes to us, he works mat, loses twelve kilos, absolutely kills it, best show of his life. He then starts getting grief from his missus because he's going to the gym um, because it then makes the partner feel uh, insignificant or inferior or insecure because he's improving himself and progressing. And sometimes that can cast a big shadow over the partner and make them feel insecure. So that's another thing we try and explain to clients is like explaining and articulating to the people around you why you want to do this process and that, you want to get in the best shape of your life for you, not because you want to try and run off with a, an 18 year old to Mexico. It's, it's about you and like 
becoming the greatest version of you and leading by example for your family and those around you, not for any other weird motive, which sometimes runs these people's heads. I know that's probably something you've seen a bit, a bit before, Matt. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I think, you know, it's like anything sort of extreme. If people say, like, oh, you know, my, my brothers are runners, they wouldn't step foot in the gym, they quite like running. But, like, them saying, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to do the marathon, people think that's sort of normal. But for me, I couldn't think of anything more extreme or, or like, abnormal. But me saying, oh, I want to push my body to a limit another way, they're like, that's a bit weird. Why do you want to do that? So people don't understand that, that, that difference. But actually, I don't know, I don't know your opinion on this. I've, I've never had a client turn around to me and say, I really regretted doing that photo shoot, ever. It, it's always the opposite. It's always like, that was one of the best experiences of my life. I feel amazing. Like, I'm glad I did it because I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. But I've actually, I don't know anyone that's ever gone, I, I wish I hadn't done that. Like, it never happens. I... I know here's another question for you. No one has ever said ever in the history of world, like the world, I like, I regret getting in the best shape of my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Or, like or proving myself or pushing myself to find out what I'm capable of. And like, that's one of the things you have to think about is like, what if, like, what if I did get in the best shape of my life? How would I feel? And like, that's one of those things. And there's a saying that I, I think about a lot and it's like, what, what scares me a lot is that if when you die you meet the person you could have become like yeah. that's quite a, an interesting paradigm when you think about it and you're like and that's that little bitch voice in your head who's like oh i don't want to get up to go to the gym oh i don't want to i don't want to ruffle any feathers with my family about doing xyz i don't want to be a bit different than anyone else and it's like if that's what you want to do you just got to go and do it and then um and then just roll with it and like when i first did a um photo shoot like people thought I was really weird and uh first did a competition people thought I was really weird when I first started posting on social media people thought I was really weird and narcissistic and it's just one of those things you just have to um be you and be confident in that and that's one of the things that me Matt and like the other coaches CJ coaching do is like give support and guidance to not just get awesome results but also understand some of the like psychological processes that almost go on with this because it's I know you agree with this. It's the same things you see over and over again. What happens? That happens to people. Yeah, I think people end up sort of almost doing really well on the journey, and then almost getting close to that, and then sort of self-sabotaging themselves because they don't they don't want to even go to that next level of like, oh, I don't want to get like too close to that. That's not you know what will other people think of me? Will they think I'm vain or whatever? And it's yeah, I think that then almost even sort of self-sabotage comes in, which is is really unfortunate to see as well. Hundred percent. There's um. There's an interesting way to think about this I heard on uh, Ed Milet podcast and he talks about people have their lives as like a thermostat. So say you're making progress and your heat's starting to turn up. So you're starting to turn the dial up. And then when people start to get to a certain like temperature, they then get scared that they're then different to everyone else because they've improved so much that they turn themselves back up. And as you said, self-sabotage because not many people want to stand out and be uncommon and better than everyone else because it makes you look different. And one of the things that I try and seek is um, discomfort and becoming uncommon. And like one of the things I try and think about is like, how can you be uncommon or uncommon among the best people in the world? And that's one of the best ways you can try and level up and become the best person you can be. So people need to appreciate being different rather than being the same as everyone else, I think. And it's not always the people you expect that react like this. I actually think some of the better sort of, more open people to things like this are your sort of 30, 40 year old people in the quite corporate world who maybe have this attitude in other areas of their business life that actually 
are quite open to actually doing photo shoots and bettering themselves and have that sort of growth mindset that they can see, understand the benefits of it. Sometimes actually the harder ones are sort of the younger lads who go to the gym a lot and, 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 and peacock a little bit already that actually struggle to sort of get on board a little bit more. Whereas it's, it's sometimes more the sort of corporate people that, that actually understand the sort of principles that we're trying to teach and, and, and the people that we're trying to make them become. The, the interesting thing that makes me laugh about this is I remember being younger and people saying like talking about the importance of life experience. I was like, oh, fucking like old man, I don't need to know about life experience. But like every year, I like I like daily, I learn more and more about and make mistakes with stuff. And I'm like, like I just think about like all those years. Everyone was right telling me the importance of experience. And it's the same thing with those young kids who are say you say like peacocking around. The reality is that peacocking expression is insecurity and lack of confidence within themselves. Whereas like the vast majority of the clients we work with tend to be um like professionals 30 to 45 like they tend to be the top of their game killing it anyway super confident and they can execute and know who they are and what they're about so they're not worried about standing out being different and they can understand the mental wins from stepping up and leveling up so i think that's 100 percent nail on the head with that one yeah, yeah i agree i agree um, when it comes to obviously the fat loss phase in terms of nutrition, we talked obviously about like gradually bringing people down in terms of calories and uh, probably increasing cardio as we go and trying to stop people wanting to jump the gun too much with that. Um, obviously, as we come into uh, photo shoots and we come up to trying to like optimize people for that, obviously everything is very specific to the individual and where you're at. Are you a fan of like water manipulation, carb loading, things like that? Yeah, definitely. I think that, I think they, they have a, a, um, a very important part to play. I was listening to um, a podcast the other day and he was, it was aimed at sort of cutting weight for martial arts sports in particular. But he was talking about sort of um, like non-essential mass, he called it. And that's essentially sort of fluids that we bring on board and even just the volume of and weight of food that we consume. And that's, that's not necessarily fat, that's the sort of the, the non-essential mass that we can manipulate to, to make photos look better. So I think water manipulation definitely definitely has a, a part to play in all of that. I think, firstly, is making sure that people actually are staying hydrated earlier in the process. The amount of clients that come to us that barely drink any sort of water. So actually building that to a good level uh, so that when it gets to that point that we manipulate it, we've got them actually drinking water already that we can, we can play with. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I like to... to to sort of manipulate carbs as well. I think carbs are quite often demonized in this world, but they, you know, if you utilize them well, it, it can be very, very effective as well in, in, in getting sort of fantastic results from people. I 100% I agree with that wholeheartedly. And one of the, the big things I'm hugely passionate about is um, one of the big wins of anyone's transformation journey is becoming self-aware of who you are and your body and how things make you feel. And this is one of the best things like I talked about earlier in terms of pushing yourself to the extreme so when we're carb loading generally we'll push someone to get very depleted from carbohydrates and then we will load you up with carbohydrates and then that will seem very strange at the time but when you see the visual difference when someone is incredibly lean it's like night and day and also in terms of how you feel um it is incredible to be honest with you and that's it's a fine art and i think there's a lot that goes into that but again it's just making sure the client is consistent and in terms of my opinion with carb loading for most people we would work with i'm always wary of overdoing it so i would try and maybe rein in the carbs a little bit rather than pumping in too many because if you overdo it with the carbs you can make people go a little bit watery whereas i'd rather just try and fill them out and keep them a little bit flatter and they tend to look better i actually myself for some reason look 
slightly better and like flatter and not um not with too many carbohydrates but again it's very person dependent i think one of the things i'm a big fan of as well when it comes to quote unquote carbon clients up with uh, obviously carbohydrates is think about things logically so one of the most stupid things i've seen like at back of stages um competitions and whatever is people carving up on just fucking junk like crap and i'm like okay so you've been eating chicken rice and broccoli for like four months and now you're gonna eat a burger king before you step on stage i was like cool like if you if you let's see what happens with your digestion with that in the next hour like yeah. you're you're playing you're spinning what's that what's that what's that gun game where you uh you spin the, the yeah playing russian roulette with your stomach like because you have no idea what's going to happen with your digestion in the next hour with that like you preferably could have a shit show happening while you're on stage and it's like it might a big thing i'd always recommend to anyone listening is like if you've been eating mainly say for example you know rice and rice cakes and like simple things digest well with you and you have no issues with that, probably stick to that rather than trying to eat a kilo of Haribo before stepping on stage, which I've seen like girls do. It's a very bizarre thing you see sometimes. Have you, have you seen much of that or had clients requesting weird things to eat sometimes? Yeah. So yeah, I think, I think people's reactions to it is always interesting. I think carbs in general are, are probably the most misunderstood food group that we have to deal with, with clients and things that they've read in sort of mainstream media and, and, you know, the amount of people that want to cut them out straight away completely, like no, have no element of carbohydrates. You know, there's a place for, for manipulating them, lowering them 100%. I think when you look at sort of the satiety factor of protein and, and you know, the, the calories that are, we, we can do that, of course, but it's, it's sort of demonizing that whole food group is, is, and I'm sure it'll go in cycles and trends and it'll be something else again soon. But um, yeah, I find that we get a lot of, a lot of client requests, feedback, um, questions about carbohydrates in particular. Yeah. And this is just like, it's almost like um, manipulation from the media in this respect. Now I actually mentioned this on a podcast I was on yesterday. I talked about, I went for a walk yesterday and, I overheard this guy talking about low carb diets and how he's going on a low carb diet. So I turned around and he was very obese and was probably 20 to 25 stone, I guess. And he was inhaling a giant sausage roll whilst drinking a liter of orange juice whilst talking about going on a low carb diet. And I was like, I wanted to go and explain to him. I was like, and he said he was working with a trainer. I was like, I almost wanted to go over to him and explain to him. It's like, you don't need to go on a low carbohydrate diet. Like carbs, not your issue here issue are your calories and if you look at the current situation right now like you're probably nailing like 1500 in about two minutes like and this is one of the to go off topic slightly one of the insane things that i love is like say if i make you a nutrition plan Matt makes you a nutrition plan and any new client comes to us like they're often overwhelmed and like shocked by like i can eat this much food and lose weight like mm. and it's mad when you get the body to actually work for you the results you can get like you, you must see that on a daily basis matt yeah, definitely. I get more people talking about, oh, you've given me too many calories yeah, than you've given me too few. Very rarely a client's like, oh, like, it's always like, oh, I think you've given me too many calories. It's like, well, let's give this a couple of weeks and see actually how your body reacts. And, you know, probably the calories you thought you were on before, you were probably missing some off because you were estimating or, you know, not recording everything because as, as people are guilty of doing, we've all been there. But actually, when you, when you give people good calories, they sort of, don't really understand how many they can actually eat and, and get amazing results with. And while we're on the topic of, you know, photo shooting transformations are great and, and competing even at that level. But I think some of those skill sets 
are, are becoming more and more mainstream now. And, and you get people that aren't doing photo shoots. They're just trying to get in better shape, thinking that they need to, to do some of these slightly more extreme methods to, to just get them in better shape. And actually, it's like, well, there's a time and a place for that, but we're not. We're not doing that. We're not four weeks out from a shoot or competing at the Mr. Olympia. We're just trying to get you in some better shape. Like, don't focus too much on these fancy sort of um, carb manipulations that we can do. Like, there's a time and a place for that, but this isn't it. Like, now, like, sort out your, your nutrition, your training, all of that, and then we can start to worry about some of the more fancy stuff. But because it's so, you know, mainstream, and it's great. I love that, you know, fitness and, and even sort of bodybuilding and things like that are becoming more popular and mainstream and getting some attention doesn't mean that everyone has to suddenly eat like that to get results. It's, it seems, I don't know if you've experienced that as well. A hundred percent. And this is what I find it. Um, I'm not gonna say I find it funny because someone who's listening to might ask this, but I, I'm going to put this into perspective. So people ask me to share my training split and my diet and stuff. So I'm currently eating 800 grams of carbohydrates a day and I'm not really losing. I, I've actually lost a bit of weight this week. And someone actually said to me in the gym, he's like, you look really lean. I was like, I'm actually bulking up. So he was like, Oh, that's interesting. Um, which I actually took as a massive compliment. So if you listen to this, Johnny, shout out, thank you. Um, <laughs> it made my day. Um, I was on the assault bike at the time, so maybe it did look like I was trying to lose weight. I wasn't, I was doing hit. Um, but you have to take context that every person is different and unique and your body has to be worked up to a certain level in terms of calorie intake and worked down in terms of burning body fat off. So for example, when I last dieted and finished in December and I got photo shoot really quote unquote for a photo shoot in uh dubai and then one in london in the middle of december which was a great idea um i was down to i think 210 grams of carbohydrates so in six months i've nearly four quadrupled my carb intake daily and i'm only up about four kilos so like it very much shows a slow and steady approach and what we do in terms of manipulating people's carbohydrates but you have to understand that um you can't People try and put the, that expression, is it apple before the whole cart or whatever? Like you have to like do things in a certain order and you can't try and jump through certain steps. Whereas like we all want results and I want results and we want to go faster and faster and faster. But by actually trying to rush the process, which I've been guilty of as well with a lot of things, you actually end up shooting yourself in the foot and going slower. And there's a saying I actually, it was related to business, but I like quite a lot. It's like to go fast, you have to go slow because you have to look at longevity and sustainability. And if it's not sustainable, it's not going to be attainable. And that's why, like, when you say you, whoever's physique you like, don't copy their training split, don't copy their nutrition because you aren't necessarily them. You probably don't have the same body weight or you, or training intensity or training age or whatever to be able to get away with the same amount of calories. And is that something you, you have experience with clients asking about sometimes? Or yeah. you see other clients are doing things. They're like, oh... Yeah, yeah, Jimmy's doing X, Y, Z. He's losing loads of weight. Why aren't we doing this? Yeah, yeah. Like I've seen, you know, obviously, you know, in the Facebook group, someone doing X, Y. Yeah, why aren't we doing that? Or you know, my my mate Bob down the gym, he's doing he's doing this, and he's saying he's really sensitive to carbs. Should we be doing that? And it's like, yeah, like let's let's pull things back a little bit here. You know, like the amount of conversations you overhear in the gym about. I mean, we could talk about sort of insulin sensitivity hours i'm sure but yeah it's like oh you know, i've done a great leg day i'm gonna go reward myself with x y and z because my body's really sensitive to it now and it's like I mean, if you haven't been in that process for a, a prolonged period of time your body's just gonna treat there's not there's no partitioning going on there it's just gonna treat it like every other sort of junk food you're loving in your body so it, it, you know these processes work but they have to be sort of 
built up to and, and, and your body does need to, to know exactly what's coming and going and, and how it perceives that food that we're, we're, we're taking in. 100%. I think the key for that is really managing digestion, which is something that's a lot of people don't really understand. I don't know why this just feels like a throwback podcast, but you're talking about like leg days and food. I remember when I was like early twenties, I used to think it was a great idea. I'd go and do like a leg day on a Friday and then kind of get a curry afterwards because I've trained legs. I can eat loads of carbs and loads of, but I, the worst thing I was actually doing to anyone listening who, who I try and teach from explaining my own mistakes is I'd have a curry, which I'd like, which was like with loads of sauce, which was like super high fat, super high carb, probably like medium protein. And it was like the worst thing for your digestion and also the worst thing for storing body fat. So if you are going to eat a load of calories after training legs, don't do high carb, high fat, try and do high carb, high protein just be a simple tip that will help you uh, from experience um to go back into like photo shoot context talking about getting ready for the show for the show sorry for the shoot or the show um some things we need to talk about in terms of tanning shaving uh and other random things because i've had some random stuff that people have that seem like strange they're strange questions if you don't know what the answer to them is so when you don't know you don't know um thoughts on tanning people think that you, you don't understand i think there's a big thing how dark you need to be because lights whiten you out uh, yeah you, you you always need to go darker than you perceive like speak to someone that knows about it maybe about like whoever they, they they've used but like people that have experience in this area don't just go to your local sort of pop in place and be like oh i just need a bit bit of a fake like speak to people that actually work more in that sort of fitness industry there's some great people around because yeah it's always way darker than you you think and you sort of every time you get it done you're like oh, i don't know about this i don't know you sort of look in the mirror and you're like oh, i'm not sure about this but it, it's yeah it, it is so beneficial as well i mean the, the quality and, and the results are, are amplified even more by a, a good spray tan 100 percent. like tanning is the most underrated thing that people don't understand it's like night and day and if you think it's dark, go darker. Like you literally can't be dark enough to be honest with you. Um, it makes a massive difference. And don't buy those like rub on Solaire moisturizer tanning creams. They do nothing. That's not going to help you. Like the last thing you want to do is turn up pasty. Trust me. That's not, not a good look. Um, number two for guys in particular, I would say is shaving. So I, this is, this is a pain in the ass to be honest with you. So I would recommend you shave and you use, this is a secret hack for anyone, is if you use shower gel and then you sh- try and shave like your arms, your legs and stuff, it actually works very well as so the shaving foam. So that's a simple tip. Um, but if, you, if, you, if you're, if you're quite in depth, but if you're a hairier guy, use a, like a beard trimmer first and then use like a wet, wet shave razor, razor with my secret. Um, I know some people use V and I've never had the minerals to do waxing. I don't think that's something I'm keen on to be fair. It's far too painful. I'm too much of a pussy for that. Um, have you got anything you recommend for clients in that regard? No, I agree with you there. No, I've never gone near waxing, always sort of shaved. Um, I actually quite like, like not necessarily women's, but hair, women tend to use it more. Hair conditioner is also quite a good option on, on body hair as well. It makes it quite um, quite easy to, if you haven't got so much, I like it. I think it's a good option. Um, and I, you can go quite in depth on that. Um, and also, if, if you've never done it before, or if you are a bit hairier, like, and this goes for probably a couple of things we'll talk about. Give it a bit of a trial run. Don't wait till like three days before and go, oh, I need to get rid of all my body hair. One, like it's a massive job. If you're, if you're quite a hairy guy that's never shaved before, like it, there's a lot of work involved. Like it's a good hour's worth if you're going to do that. So maybe break it up into body parts and do it at least 
two to four weeks before like your sort of first run just to, just to get the worst of it off because otherwise you will be there for hours and the last thing you want to do if you're like a week out from a shoot depleted like stand in a shower or bath for ages and shave like get it done earlier maybe break it down into body parts a bit more as well would be would be some of my advice i would also say from experience i remember using like shit razors and like cutting myself and stuff and like i remember being able to see on like images where like i'd cut myself and i was like Another reason to do it earlier is a reason for that. So if you're a bit cat-handed, like I can be it sometimes. So uh, that'd be point number one. I would also say, obviously, obvious things to make the shoot better. I would say get your hair cut the day before. Get your hair cut before you get the spray tan as well, because otherwise you'll get silly white lines. Uh, if you have bleached blonde hair like me as well, make sure you wear a hairnet, otherwise your hair will go a weird color. Um, and obviously shave before the tanning, and you want to do that at least two days beforehand. So that settles in. Um, and I, you want to sleep in like pajamas or something colored otherwise you're going to destroy your bed sheets um yeah i've done that yeah yeah i've done that i've been i've been told off in a few hotels for that as well so that's yeah i've been, I've been told off at a relative so yeah we won't go into that yeah, yeah. It's, um, <laughs> and, and usually a good person will tell you as well but there's, there's things about you shouldn't shouldn't have like sort of deodorant on you before mm. the spray tan things like that like no sort of toiletries because because that can obviously interrupt and, and obviously have an awareness of what you might wear as to how you tan so if you're going to wear long socks short socks you know, no good like wearing socks when you do it and then you're suddenly wearing trainer socks or bare feet and, you know, you haven't got certain parts of your tan. So, yeah, have an awareness of, of how much skin you're revealing that you probably want it all covered in foam tan. Uh, the last thing I'll add into this in terms of what to do on the day. So we'll always give you a specific protocol in terms of carving up on the day and, and that's obviously specific to the individual. However, clothing is very important. So, uh, bring a couple of different outfits. I'd suggest bright colors always tend to work best. Number two, I had a client once turn up if he's listening to this Paul Andrews who didn't actually have any shoes so or appropriate shoes for the gym for the photo shoot. So I think he ended up having to do it barefooted because he had some weird shoes on or flip-flops or something. So like, th think about what you're going to wear and prepare ahead and maybe treat yourself to a nice jazzy outfit um, and that will make it all a more pleasurable experience. And then obviously the last thing I say is book in with a very good photographer because they'll be able to maximize the way you look in terms of positioning in the correct way um and also obviously like lighting things like that makes a huge amount of difference uh is there anything else you'd add in with that matt i think as well like you say a good photographer will guide you and, and there are some great ones around will, will, you know tell you where to go how to stand and, and obviously us as coaches we, we can help to do that as well but i think in your own you know do a bit of research have a bit of an awareness of what sort of photos you might want to have, what sort of equipment, what sort of photos. You don't need to go, you know, know what a front double bicep is or all those, but maybe go through Instagram and go through your page or whatever and screenshot a couple of images and go, oh, I really like that. I, can I replicate something like this? It, it will just speed things up of having a bit of an awareness of, of what you might want to achieve. Obviously, you could take that a little bit further and even sort of practice the poses a little bit. The more prepared you can be, because it is a strange environment, something if you've never done before, you're a bit like, Oh, this is this is all a bit new. So any the more you can prepare and sort of have a bit of a game plan, I think it was always beneficial in any area of life. Hundred percent. And the one thing I'd lastly add up to this is that, like things like this are, they're a good stress, but they can be a stressful thing in life when you're pushing yourself to these extremes and your mind will play games with you in thinking, oh, I need to eat a bit more. I'm not eating enough or uh, X Y Z, and or I'm 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 eating too much. And this is where your own head like starts to fall off and you start to like mind fuck yourself and that's where the importance of having accountability and coaching having someone from an external point of your own brain to be like 
cut the shit, Charlie. Like, you're fine. Don't be pushing. Get on with it. Like, you can leave the cheesecake for a week until after the photo shoot. Just chill out. Like, sometimes you need someone to give you that stern word and keep you on track. And that's very much what we're here to do. So if anyone's looking to get a photo shoot ready, then um, there's a link below the podcast episode here where you can book in a free strategy call, discuss that. We've got an insane shoot coming up in a few weeks' time with clients and really excited to see what the results are of that. I know Matt's got some guys who can be killing it for that. So um, if this episode was insightful, helpful, motivational, please make sure you share this to your Instagram stories, leave us a review and go and check out Matt. What's your Instagram page, Matt? This at Prima Fitness underscore coach. Cool. So we go check Matt out and hope we see you in the next episode of the Shredder Show.